Welcome to the D-Free Podcast, keeping you in the black, bringing you the pulse of spiritual, mental, and financial health. I have saved up my money in my 401k. I see. And so what I did was I said, if I'm going to invest in money, let me invest in myself because I believe in my own self. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the D-Free Podcast. We call this In the Black because we want everyone we know, everyone we meet, and everyone that encounters our information to be in the black. That simply means you have more than you owe. It means that you have something to leave as a legacy for your children and your grandchildren. It means you are financially free in the black. The D-Free Financial Movement sponsors this podcast. My name is DeForest B. Sores Jr. My friends call me Buster and my enemies do too. And so today we're going to we're going to speak with a woman who represents everything that's possible for our people, for women, for young people. We're talking to a woman who has defied the odds. She's leading in an industry that's not common for women or for African Americans or people of African descent. She's in Dallas, Texas, and her business has to do with construction and maintenance and facility management. Welcome to the D-Free Podcast, Sister Jean Fajeda. Thank you. I am so intrigued by you. You know, my mom, uh, after my dad died, was a partner in a construction business. And what's interesting is that Often when she showed up for meetings, people thought she was the secretary <laughs> and that her, her partner was her boss. As a woman, uh, I'm sure you've experienced similar challenges. Tell us how you got involved in this this very dynamic business. Well, uh, what you said is true because being a woman construction owner, when I go in to site visits or I go in for the uh, meetings for the projects, the they all look at me because they think I'm just, you know, one of the secretary who's coming. And so when I tell them, well, I'm the owner and the CEO and I'm the project manager. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're shocked. They are shocked. <laughs> how, how long have you been in business? I have been in this business for five years. Wow. You've grown tremendously in five years. Yes. And I tell you, I established this business in construction and management is that I decided I wanted to do something. Everyone will find out. I used to be a regional manager for Victoria's Secret. Is that right? I was in, <laughs> I went the total opposite way. Well, I think and so. I, I was in beauty and lingerie. And so what happened was I was doing it for, I had been there seven years, and I said, you know, I want to do something different with my life besides beauty. And so I said, I, I like creativity. I'm a creative person, and in beauty you have to be creative to help everybody. So I decided to get into construction management, and then I went to uh, UNT, for construction management, and then I went to UT Dallas, and I started uh, in construction management. And how I did that, I established my company. It's Fajeda Holding Group. Yeah, but Miss Miss Fajeda, hold it mm-hmm. now. You are you're in beauty, 
and you're dealing with lingerie and models and runways and 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 you know pink garments and all of that and you just yeah. woke up one day and decided you wanted to build buildings yes because even though you're in beauty and lingerie and doing these walkways it is the same thing as if you out on construction construction starts out with nothing and most of the time in beauty most people come in and women especially and they want us to create something in them, and so we try to create beauty for them. Yeah, but they and don't. But, but do. they don't wear much in Victoria's Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to create much because they wore next to nothing. Well, <laughs> and that particular aspect is that you're talking about the lingerie. Uh, the lingerie, we still use beauty because it doesn't matter how old you get, you still want to look beautiful. Mm-hmm. With your clothes and your lingerie and your makeup faces. I see. So we still do it all. So you took the principles of creating beauty out of nothing and applied them to creating buildings out of nothing. Yes. I got it. Well, let's listen, in our in our business, you know, we don't only help people get out of debt, although, you know, most of our people have got to start their road to financial freedom by getting out of debt, but we also teach people to identify a passion such as you did and then to develop a strategy to monetize their passion. That's exactly why I'm talking to you. Yes. And I have a passion and my passion is to always win. (laughs) Wow. So you went for training uh, at university of Texas and you, what you got certified as a construction manager. Yes, I was certified as a construction management, yes. So then how did you get your first business? Because being certified is one thing, but getting a contract is something completely different. How did you do that? Well, uh, first of all, in order to get into this business, I had to go to the Secretary of State and get all my paperwork done as a license. That's right. (laughs) I used to be the Secretary of State. I know a little bit about that. Yes, and so after I passed all that and I got my papers back uh, that I am a licensed contractor and uh, that I can, then you go get your comptrollers because you got to have taxes. And a lot of people don't understand this, that you have to do your field work in order before you can get your business going. That's exactly right. Otherwise, you won't be in business at all. And if you are, not very long. (laughs) Not very long. Okay, so now you've got your business set up, and we have a special book coming out, uh, Ms. Fajeda, for entrepreneurs that teach them all of these basic principles. But it's hard to teach someone how to actually get business. You had to convince someone to hire your company to do their work. How did you do that? Well, the first thing that you do after you've done all of the work and you you know you're on the right track is that I started getting certified as a DBE, an MBE, hub, and an SBE, and WBE, which is woman entrepreneurship. And once I did that, I started applying and going online for contractors. All right, now wait a minute. You you, you threw out some letters there. DBE, I think, stands for Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. That's right. WBE is Women Business Enterprise. Yes. What was the other one? 
SBE, that means I am a small, small business, business enterprise. Mm, yeah. Right. And for, for our listeners, what that means is that she took advantage of existing opportunities, which in many states and many agencies give a certain amount of business and commit to a certain level of business with small businesses, women-owned businesses, disadvantaged businesses, and businesses that are in certain geographical areas. So you got to use what you have before you complain about what you don't have. That's great. Yes. And after I did that, they started sending me solicitations because once you're in there in the government, and I'm under the federal government as well, I have my DONS number and my EIN number. EIN means EIN is... Right, that's my number to work uh, under the IRS, that's Internal right. Revenue. <laughs> EIN number, employer ID number, is for that's the right. business what the Social Security number is for the individual. So if you have that's a business, correct. you want your business to have a separate tax number from you individually because your business has to file taxes for itself just as the individual files taxes for itself. That is correct. I separate my Social Security, which is my personal, away from my business. Right. Wonderful. And your first job was doing what? Uh, I My first job was with DART, D-A-R-T, Transit. <clears throat> and I was, uh, I went in and bid it for uh, concrete slabs for DART Transit. Concrete slabs. And now, I won the con- <laughs> What did you know about concrete slabs? That's what I want to know. Well, to tell the truth, I tell everyone, I don't know anything about concrete slabs, but I hire subcontractors that do. <laughs> uh, I just love it. I just love it. I mean, for those who just joined us, this is Stories. The podcast is in the black. This is the D-Free financial podcast. And I'm talking to Jean Fajeda from Dallas, Texas, who knew nothing about concrete slabs, but her first job was a concrete slab contract. And what she's just taught us is that you don't have to know. You just have to know how to find the people who do know and uh, charge more for <laughs> for your contract than they charge you to do the work, and then you take the profit and live. That is correct. That is wonderful. That is So now you've made this sound so easy in the last nine minutes. I'm sure everybody wants to run out and start a concrete slab company. But, but listen, you had some challenges along the way. And while we celebrate all of your successes, I mean, DART is the transit system of, of, of Dallas. I mean, you, you started out real high. What obstacles did you have and how did you overcome those obstacles? Well, the first thing that, and I'm glad that you're talking about the financial aspect of everything, is that people think they can get the, you know, start a company, but uh, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And my obstacles was always financial. Yeah. Uh, because every job you get, yeah, you can win the job, but you got to have finance to get supplies, to hire the guys, and, you know, subcontractors. You got to have the insurance. You got to have, it takes a lot of money. Yeah, they don't pay you until after you do the work, but it takes money to get the work done. That's right, to even get the job. So where'd you get the money? I had saved up. Now, I'm not recommending this to everyone. I'm just going to recommend what I did. I had saved up my money in my 401k. I see. And so what I did was I said, 
if I'm going to invest in money, let me invest in myself because I believe in my own self. Right. And so I took my money, and this is how I started my company, got my insurance. You cannot get any of these jobs without having insurance. Right. <laughs> and so I went and got all my insurance, got everything, and then I started hiring my subcontractors. So did you borrow from your 401k or did you take a withdrawal from your 401k? I took a withdrawal from it. I see. An early withdrawal. And you're being penalized. Right. So, so you had to pay 20% tax and then a penalty. That is correct. Yeah. Now. But if you want to do something, you have to take risks. And every job that I went on was a risk job. Well, you did take risk. Um, I mean, you could have gone for a bank loan. Um, yes. or an SBA loan. I don't like SBA loans personally, but they work well for some people. Um, you could have gotten investors, private investors, yeah. but you decided that you believed in yourself and your dream enough to risk losing your retirement resources, and it worked out to your favor. It, it worked out to my favor, Great. yes. Great. Well, that is a strategy, Um and I'm like you. I don't think I don't think what works for me works for everybody. But but it is an option, and you chose that option, and someone may decide to use that option themselves, and it works. Now, of course, that assumes, Sister Jean, that we contribute to our 401ks. And many young people who listen to our podcast are often asking the question, "How much should I put into my 401k?" And and my answer is always, "As much as you can to get the match from your company." What, what's your answer to the question for young people? It is the same that you just said, because most companies match it 50%. Right. And so that is why I did mine, 50%, because you want to come out if you want to retire with something and uh, use your 401k and leave it there, because they match it. Exactly. And mine was almost match vested. So I decided that's what I needed to do to get going and... Uh, like I said, I don't recommend it to everyone. Go to a financial company and let them, uh, you know, help you. Right, right. Now, I'll tell you something that, that I've written about, but I've not talked to anybody about like, like this, but you, you are so sophisticated, I thought I would uh, bounce this off of you. My, my advice to business people, uh, any type of business, is that you run your business on a day-to-day -day basis with the thought that at some point you may want to sell it. Uh, give me, give me your, your response to that. Yes. I, you, we, well, every one of your accountants are going to tell you this, and your business managers. So they always said, Gene, take an effect that you might want to sell this company one day. And me being in it five years, I said, no, I'm not selling it, but you may have to eventually, you know what I mean? If right. you make enough money, you want to come out of there. Right. But uh, I'm with you. I believe that uh, we can uh, sell our companies. And if it get enough in there, I may decide to get on the stock market. <laughs> yeah, take the company public. That's another option. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, I I'll so tell you this. I am... I am I can't wait to meet you, first of all. Uh, I come to Dallas two or three times a year. And what I've discovered is that if our young people were to see more men and women like you and, and aspire to be like you, they would find that there are more opportunities than they can imagine. 
we hear so much about what they won't let us do, but the truth is we sometimes restrict ourselves because our dreams and our visions are too small. That is correct. And I have a vision, and it's big. And I'm just like uh, uh, when uh, Jab in the Scripture, the Bible, it talks about he broadened his borders. Right. Well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I want to broaden my borders. And mine is always about hiring the vets. I always hire a lot of veterans. I hire the young college students because I do a lot of work at uh, UT uh, Dallas. I'm a mentor for them in accounting. And so I try to hire the college kids so that they can see that it is more to just coming out of college. You can utilize your knowledge and assess it in this world that we're in today. Well, listen, this, this is so inspiring. I hope to get to know you better. We want to feature you on our website. I want to put you on our magazine we're going to broadcast this podcast as, as, as widely as we can because any, anybody that can go from selling underwear to building buildings, <laughs> that, that, that's somebody we need to know. So, Sister Jean Fajetta, thank you so much for what you do. Thanks for sharing on our podcast, and this will not be the last time we speak. Thank you very much, and I really enjoyed my day with you all. Wonderful. God bless you. Take care. God bless you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.